Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Welcome, uh, Kathy. Uh, today is uh, guest day. Uh, Thursdays are our guest day, and we'd like to welcome uh, another one of our leaders in the ministry uh, and a great friend of mine, uh, Tad Jones. Uh, and we just welcome you, Tad. Thanks, Rich. Uh, to, yeah, uh, we're, we're excited to have you here today, Tad. This is one of our favorite things is when we get to bring in other people and just yeah. get to hear what God's doing in their lives. It's great to be here. Yeah, and we get, uh, we get the joy of uh, having... Uh, someone share about their life and about, uh, particularly as we're winning uh, this discussion on abiding, we're going to have uh, Tad share some of that. But uh, Tad, to start with, uh, why don't you give uh, a little bit about uh, your current uh, situation, and we're going to have you go back and kind of uh, walk through things. But tell us about your family, your marriage, your business. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, married, 34 years. I did the math beforehand, so I knew what that was. <laughs> and uh, we have three kids, uh, one married, um, a boy, and then a girl, and another boy, and uh, girls in Spain teaching and exploring the world, and our youngest son's in college. And uh, we have a, a business that's uh, in the oil and gas uh, industry, and uh, that's kind of where my testimony starts, so we'll come back to that later. But uh, we've owned it like 15 years, and there's been a lot of God messages along the way as God's grown me my faith and I like to people ask me well who's on your board of directors and I said well it's uh, my wife and I and God and so <laughs> well when you have your meetings I said well when we go for walks <laughs> so it's uh, family owned and operated and it's been a trial as that industry's tough a lot of ups and downs but uh, we've grown a lot through it too so are you, are you telling me the gas uh, oil and gas business is a little bit tough right now a little bit tough <laughs> getting tougher <laughs> yeah. but it's God's business and we always remind ourselves of that and uh so, you know, if we start getting taken on too much of the burden, then we're trying to drive, we're trying to be in control. So that's a warning, warning signal, basically, that we're not letting God be in control. Yeah. One of the uh, uh, the cool stories is, you know, tell, tell uh, everybody how you even got in the business. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I'll try to keep it uh, tight. Uh, really, our enlightenment part of our faith walk uh, started in 2004. My wife and I and our kids went on a short-term mission trip to Nicaragua and I got to give a shout out to this little Nicaraguan woman named Ruby who prayed over my son who was 12 years old at the time and said, the Lord has a big call on this boy's life. And then mm. she just bolted up and looked and said, who's this boy's father? And my cousin, who's a pastor, is in the back of the room laughing, pointing his finger at me. And he's like, this guy right here. And so she said, I need to pray over you right now. So I went to the front of the group and she prayed over me. And amongst other things, she said, you know, do not forsake your children. And I realized that there was something going on in my life that uh, was not right. And uh, within two months, I got laid off. And I just, I almost chuckled. I'm like, okay, God, you gave me the heads up two months wow. ago. That something was wrong in my life. And so I wandered a little bit. And, and you said, is there something different you could do besides lay me off? Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people are thick-headed, Rich, and yeah. we got to be slightly across the tie of the head with a two-by-four. So in my case, that was it. And I wandered for a little bit. And... It was a process of just walking with the Lord, surrendering, 
I got involved in service projects. And uh, at the ultimate point of surrender, I said, God, I'll just, you know, I'd like to be independent so I can serve you better. And I said, if I got to buy the dry cleaning shop down the street and walk to work every day just so I can be home with my family and present, not just physically be there, but be present, mm -hmm. I'll do that. And so we embarked on buying a business. And through that, we found this business. And here's the joke. People say, well, how'd you find the business? I said, I bought it on the internet. And they're like, what did you do, buy it on wow. eBay? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we bought it on a website. And, uh, and I started getting into the business. And it's like, wow, there's some technical things going on here. And I'm an engineer. And it's like, well, that's a little bit better and more interesting than dry cleaning. So uh, anyway, we Des bought the business. Describe exactly what is that business. Yeah, it's called mud logging. It's a geological service uh, that's provided uh, while the oil and gas companies are drilling. And uh, mm. we record what's going on. Logging means recording. And so we have a uh, well site geologist on site. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a bumpy road. If you could, if you're on the timeline there, we bought it in 06 and then 08, 09 global econ economic crisis hit. And uh, I'm like, okay, God, what was... What, what what are you doing here? Because you know we had debt, obviously, and things like that. And just get up every day and get on the treadmill, you know, and walk with the Lord. And we got through it. And uh, it's been a lot of downturns since then too. But every downturn makes you a little more seasoned in, in trusting the Lord. And that's kind of where we've been. So were you guys? Were you and Monica um, abiding at this point in your walk? So where had you been? Had you met Rich and Linda yeah, yet? Um, that's a funny how did story. that all? Okay, let's go there. <laughs> so <laughs> the answer is no. I mean, we were enlightened and we were, you know, going to non-denominational churches and mm -hmm. really engaged and started to grow uh, together, um, right. you know, praying together, things like that. But the context of abiding and journaling on a daily basis was not on our radar until, mm. another great story, 2014, I wanted to get to the next level and work on succession planning and stuff like that. I met Rich. And Rich just said, how many things you got going on? What kind of stuff is going on here? <laughs> we met in, Rich and I met in uh, November of 2014, yeah. and the oil prices crashed in, on Thanksgiving Day 2014. And so Rich and I re-met, and first week of December, I said, okay, remember all that stuff I told you a month ago? <laughs> all that stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Because we, the oil business is going to crash, and we have to get our line in, things in order. And so... Rich helped me kind of unwind some projects, and basically, that's when we engaged and found abiding. And oh my gosh, it was just like step function of, of development, faith wise. And Rich has become my mentor, coach, obviously brother in Christ, and yeah. awesome. it's it's been a beautiful walk. Yeah. I love that. What you actually just described, um, unbeknownst to you, just a couple of days ago, Rich and I had this conversation on the podcast about how, um, you know, so many times we think we're going in one direction but you can't rely necessarily on what you think is going to happen. And especially in the world today, as yeah. it is, which is part of the necessity of abiding yeah. is when we are walking with him, then he can tell us how we respond because there's so many moving parts yeah, that I, um, I, I you know, live in a fallen yeah. world. It changes. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I just yeah. got chills in your explanation of that because that is what it's like. It, you can't, this world is tough. Don't be caught up in this world. Just walk right? daily with him. And it's like such a different level yeah. of peace. Did you, uh, uh, when you got together with Monica, which we'd love to hear about, uh, were you already a believer? Yeah, little long story. We were both in denominational churches, and I, I was born, I was born again, you know, early, probably when I was thirteen years old. I can put my finger on the date. Monica probably in college, and so we were doing the denominational church routine until two thousand four, and uh, we had all three of our kids at that point, and that that, that mission trip was what really enlightened us to mm -hmm. basically walking with the Lord daily and walking together with the Lord. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, we've always been 
churchgoers, but you know, understand what a relationship means. It's just evolved yeah. a lot in the last 20 yeah. years. Right. How did you, uh, how did you meet Monica? College. Uh, that's a long story. She loves me to tell this story because <laughs> I spotted her <laughs> and it was, a, we call it a half blind date. <laughs> I wasn't blind. I knew who I was going to go meet that night. Well, she, she's an awfully cute la lady. Oh, I yes. You got good eyes. There. She's aged well. <laughs> she's beautiful. Yeah, yes, so, she is. Yeah, she, I mean, it's funny you say that about her eyes. In college, that was kind of the thing that was so attractive. And everybody pointed out, she's wow, she's got these alarming eyes that just grab mm -hmm. you. That's great that you <laughs> noticed that. So. so then, and then as you met her, what happened? We started dating and uh, probably third year in college. And as a little Where story, was that at? We went to the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. We're both okay. small town kids oh, from, wow. from Nebraska. Go to the big city, and then we, uh, Tad and I agree on uh, uh, almost everything except he roots for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and of course <laughs> I'm rooting for the Colorado Buffalo. Yeah. So uh, that's always been an interesting uh, rivalry. Most of the time, when I was, uh, I actually lived in Boulder, Linda and I and the kids, and um, uh, it, <laughs> the team was was awful. Uh, the Colorado, we're talking about Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes. Uh, right, team. right. They, they were just I remember awful. them because I went to school out in Colorado, yeah, not at not yeah. at CU Boulder. Uh, but, and it was yeah. so bad. They were so bad that they, you know, they hardly ever won a game. Uh, and even their halftime was awful. So they had uh, band members mm -hmm. that would go on the field, but they actually never played. They had a tape. They acted oh, like they were kidding. playing and they just did whatever they wanted to. Uh, so it was it was a kind of a hilarious thing. Well, oh my goodness! Then a guy by the name of uh, Bill McCartney comes. That uh, mm -hmm. he was the guy that started Promise Keepers, and uh, he was the coach, and he uh, believed that he could develop develop a national champion, actually, which he did. Uh, right. So we got to see, uh, and interesting enough, where our um, uh, when we first got there, because the team was so bad and there weren't that many people going, we could buy family uh, tickets. For all uh, five of us, uh, for a four hundred dollars on the forty-five yard line. Uh, wow! Well, as Bill McCartney came <laughs> and they started winning, they, they started moving down. We wound up at the, uh, the five-yard line, you know, for uh, nine hundred bucks. Uh, but um, uh, Nebraska used to kill us uh, every game. Right. It was it was like yeah, they're nothing. Uh, and interesting enough, Bill McCartney established. The fact that Nebraska was the best team in the entire nation, really one of the best teams in the nation, he said, "Okay, we're going to mark them as our rival." And of course, Nebraska. Uh, what was the view of Nebraska? Yeah, right. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> it was our rival. It was like, no, we're we're not your rival. Um, uh, Oklahoma was the rival to us in the eighties. That's right. Then. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so um, uh, he he decided that they're the rival, and so uh, we got to experience actually. Uh, Colorado beating Nebraska for the first time in like 30 years yeah. uh, oh, at, wow. at our stadium. And they then became, uh, because, and then we started beating them, uh, they became rivals. Uh, and, and they've had that ever so since. So then they agreed that you were a rival? Well, then they, they kind of, and then they, well, they, they just, they just looked at it as, we don't really like you. And yeah. so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go after you. So, Call it whatever you want. So uh, Tad and I have some fun discussions about, uh, Football and Nebraska football and uh, and you're you go back actually to games time. Oh yeah, we we're, we have a sickness. It's called the big big red disease. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're delusional about our sport, our yeah. football team. Yeah, yeah. so still Sounds faithful. Awesome. You know, to... Dan and so Dan you, and I you... lived in Nebraska for a couple of years, and so we we 
we didn't become big Husker fans, but boy, we got the idea when you talk about, you know, you've got the red in your blood, everybody there, it lives, eats and breathes yeah. Husker football, exactly. you know? So you yeah. met uh, Monica at the uh, university of Nebraska and it's how, cool. how did that develop? We, uh, funny, everybody goes through the early stages of relationships. Funny. We did break up for a while, but, uh, <laughs> we were just telling the story the other day, how my first job was in New York and, uh, uh, I basically borrowed a hundred dollars from my girlfriend, which was Monica at the time. <laughs> got in my car, had no money, and uh, drove to New York. And then she finished, went back to school, got her education certificate, and then we got married that next summer. And then joined me in New York, and it was a great time in uh, New York. And then uh, career-wise, from there, I, I tell people I've been in uh, all the boom and bust industries in the last three decades, and <laughs> it might be a good good thing to follow God through stuff like that. Yeah. If you're going to go through yeah. kind of all that turmoil, but yeah, so automotive industry and then telecom industry and then now oil and gas and so uh it's just a, it's a faith walk it's been a faith walk right. so right what were some just, you, go ahead kathy oh i was just curious i was going to ask did this last thing with the pipeline did that i know that's been that was east coast did that have any impact on your business uh no i like okay. to tell people that um you can get political about uh you know oil and gas and things like that or major breakdowns and all that kind of stuff uh, but really what determines the fate of the industry is OPEC and, you know, the Middle East pricing of oil and stuff like that. That was what happened on the East Coast. There was kind of an anomaly with refined gas. And so it didn't okay. impact. What really drives our the pricing is the supply of oil right. worldwide. And, and oh, so that's we're kind of at the mercy that's of That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's all based, isn't it, based on the, uh, uh, it's really the perception and expectation of, Prices being high enough to, to warrant drilling, and that's really driven by OPEC. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so hmm. they they control a third of the world oil market, and so they get together, and if they it's they can control the spigot, right? They they increase supply, <laughs> prices go down. Yeah, uh, they want they want to hold back supply, prices go up, and so yeah, it's a big geopolitical, you know, uh, fiasco. But uh, one analyst said one time, you know, people asking what the price of oil is going to be a year from now, and he, he said, you know. The OPEC has hired, you know, Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, MIT, Stanford <laughs> economists to go figure this out. And there's so many variables in the equation. They said this can't be solved. Right. So it's, it's a complicated business because it's yeah. so much of the world's economy. Yeah. And it depends right. on, uh, yeah, let's raise prices. Yeah, let's lower yeah. prices. And too many things hmm. going on geopolitically. Yeah. So something may be driving it, you know. So, yeah. um, so as you think of, uh, you know, having met Monica in college and then you got married right away, I believe, right? Yep. Um, what were what would you say were some of your uh, milestones uh, in your walk with God? What were what were the things that yeah. you, happened with you two over your course of you've been married thirty four years now? What what are some of the big milestones? Yeah, so uh, to tie it back to the kind of the enlightenment comment I made earlier, we were both uh, you know raised in the church, and so we know we were always committed to raising our kids in the church and and going to church. But you know the short term mission trip in '04 was a pivot point for us. And that's when we became more engaged together in prayer life. And, and so mm -hmm. that walk continued until, you know, like, like uh, when we met you, Rich, and we got involved in, in the abiding retreats and stuff like that. And then it, it just was another step function up in terms of, um, you know, the, the journaling and sharing, not just praying together, but journaling and sharing, including the Lord in our walk and conversation and our dialogue. And so... Mm -hmm. Like three big kind of steps basically and uh, that's kind of where we are today and you know maybe coming late to the process uh, of abiding I think that's our next step is getting our kids there yeah I mean our kids know our mm -hmm. faith and they're 
and they have a faith. But uh, you know, this the the next step of just walking with the Lord and abiding uh, and journaling is is the thing we want to work on next with them. Yeah, uh, and as you say, made that statement, um, abiding is in the relationship. Uh, it's uh, walking together. Di- you say use the word dialogue. Yeah. Uh, with mm-hmm. God, uh, why don't you describe to us, um, you know, uh, what, uh, how would you define that abiding, and then give us uh, how do how do you uh, actually experience that when you think of it, you know, day after day after day, and with your and with your wife processing, uh, what does that look like? Yeah, so two things I want to explain a little bit about dialogue you yes. just mentioned, and that is uh, the other day in our home church I said something about well, this incident came up, and it was kind of a time sensitive incident. And uh, I said, well, we prayed for five hours. And somebody said, oh, my gosh, you prayed for five hours here? I'm nowhere near that. I said, well, and Rich, Rich was there. And he, Rich goes, well, we dialogue. I mean, my, my wife, Monica, and I sat there and said, well, what about this situation? What does this mean to our life if we pursue this or we don't pursue it? And then right in the stream of discussion, we say, Father, what do you think about that? I said, Father, remember when you taught us this, when we did this? And what do you think about this situation? Father, we just ask you to inter- you know intervene in this conversation. And so... We did. We talked, my wife and I talked for two or three hours in the night and two or three, a couple hours in the morning, and God was a part of the conversation. So it's not yeah. like, you know, you know, you're in a monastery and you're, you're face down. <laughs> right. You know, and I love to too, I love that you bring that up because um, I know at the first, the very first abide retreat that we went to with Rich, um, I remember him Sunday morning sharing, I believe it's um, Malachi 316, yeah. correct me if yes. I'm wrong, yeah. but... Um, a verse that talks about truly when abiding believers are conversing together, God hears their conversation as prayers. Yeah. And um, and when you go back to the Hebrew words in there, it's a beautiful thing. And it's what you're describing there with your wife. You know, you're, you're both seeking God and you're calling out to him in the middle of conversations and you're conversing and he's in the middle of the dialogue with you all. To get back to Rich's second question about what does abiding look like for us, my wife and I are pretty consistent about morning you know, quiet time. And uh, as Rich was coaching me on this years ago, he's like, that, I know you got a busy day sometimes, it's 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And so mm-hmm. my my routine is real simple. The minute I'm conscious in the morning, I'm like, and I'll get emotional, but it's like, Papa, what are we gonna do today? Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. words out of my mouth, I'm in bed, I love it. conscious and awake, Papa, what are we gonna do today? And, uh, and so usually my wife and I will, you know, do our own quiet time separately and then and then, you know, throughout the day or night or on a walk in the evening, so what's God showing you? And so mm-hmm. it's an ongoing dialogue of sharing what God's showing us. And so we have challenges in our life right now in regards to one of our kids. And, and so we are, we are constantly sharing what God's showing us. Um, you know, we, we journal separately. We abide separately. We come together and share what's going on with God's showing us. And then we may dive deeper into something. So let's go look at that verse together. And, okay, well, here's what we need to continue to pray about. So... It's uh, he's our partner in life, and uh, it's it's so much more of an abundant life, right? When we when we treat it like that, with our relationship with the Lord, and just keep Him involved in everything. Yeah. How do you uh, uh, when you're you said you're in the Word? Um, how do you process that in the context of dialoguing, listening, hearing, processing, understanding? How, how what does that look like for you? Yeah, as you taught me, I, <laughs> uh, it's it's important to write the Word down, and so. When Rich said, well, how do you journal? I'm like, well, I type it. <laughs> you type it? What, what does that look like? And, you know, I'm just doing everything electronically. But I, what he taught me, too, is it's better to write the scripture. Mm-hmm. And for me, and by the way, we don't want to be religious about this. That's right. the thing. That's if I right. miss a day, 
I'm not right. going to hell. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> because right. this can happen to people. It, me particularly, if I miss a couple of days, it's like, oh my gosh, you fill a void, yeah. which is a call of me mm-hmm. back. Yeah. But um, basically, writing the scripture, for me, it draws me out of my routine of the day. It's like, set it aside. Uh, show that this is important to go back mm-hmm. to a journal book and actually write a scripture. Um, usually there's a theme I'm looking for in the scripture. Mm-hmm. It's real simple. If I sit down one day and don't know where to start, I'll just go back and read the last three days. Yeah. God, God's usually <laughs> right. trying to tell you something. By the way, he doesn't give you all the answers right out of the shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The process, what I learned from Rich, obviously, is the pro- it's a process. And he may have you do something, and then he may have you do something different a week, a month, a year later. And you're like, well, God, what about that? He says, wow. It was a process. What you learn mm-hmm. through that, and so God's God, we have to be patient because God's mm-hmm. asking us to be patient with Him as we walk with Him. If He gave you all the answers, guess what we do? We just say, "Oh, I got it, God," and then we would just check in mm-hmm. with you next year. I got the checklist, <laughs> and I'll go through it. He, God doesn't want that. He wants us uh, to be with Him daily. So, yeah. um, you know, after you write the scripture, you just you'll pray about it. And what I do is my little method is I draw arrows, and I'll say. This is what I want to say to God. Mm-hmm. And I'll draw the arrow to the left. It says, these are my appeals or my confusion. What do you have to say about it? And I'll write an arrow back going the other direction. It says, this is what God's saying to me. Because mm-hmm. when I go back to the journal later, I'll say, oh, yeah, this was me talking to God. And then, oh, look what he said to me. And, man, you get into what, when he starts speaking to you, you're just like, this is amazing. Um, and mm-hmm. now you can apply it. It's like, okay, that was God. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's, there's a thumbprint on those words when they come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think as I thought about today, Rich, I think the one thing I want to say about it is the Word of God is the tip of the iceberg. That journal is rhema. And those words are for mm-hmm. you specifically. And uh, I mean, the Bible says that you know there are no, not enough books in the world that could document what Jesus did on the earth. What does that mm-hmm. tell you? That word is the tip of the iceberg. It's right. time to dive underwater and see what's there. And that's the biggest takeaway for me is that journal book is there's keys and lessons in there that are just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and as you're describing that, um, how would you define what you're now experiencing versus, uh, you know, just doing a devotion and or doing Bible study? Because that's where the a lot of the mm-hmm. confusion is. Um, people that I deal with typically say, well, I, I do Bible study. Right. Uh, or I do a journal or I do a, a devotion every day. Uh, and what Tad is describing, and you can go a little bit further with this, Tad, is uh, there's a difference uh, mm-hmm. because Bible study is you trying to understand intellectual things. Mm-hmm. Uh, abiding, remember, is in the relationship of God through the Holy Spirit. Um, and there's a big, big difference. And what, what have you experienced of the difference between Bible study and abiding? Yeah, usually when you pick up a study, uh, they're the, the commentary and the direction that the author of the study has given you are their mm-hmm. words. And they may be scripturally right. correct, but they're their words. God has a personal message for us. And that's mm-hmm. the difference is if I go back and read my journal from last week, it's like, yeah, it's like it's a, it's a conversation with God. If I would have picked up a, a Bible study or devotion from last week, I'd be like, it's just less alive. Because it's 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 maybe scripturally correct, like I said, but it's not for me. So um, mm-hmm. it's just more it's more it's more live, yeah. um, and it and I feel it. You feel this devotion's good, just good thought here, but it's someone else's commentary. It's not God's mm-hmm. word for me. Yeah. And so we've we've always said you know we've done some home church kind of stuff, and 
people have always said things like, well, who leads your church and who, what's this? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit leads our church. Imagine that. And, uh, <laughs> and so as we've done things like home church and things like that, the dynamic is so much different than everyone mm -hmm. doing a study, read chapter seven, come back and discuss it. We sit down and we say, what, what is the Holy Spirit telling you this week? Yeah. And the level of dialogue yeah. is so different mm -hmm. and so much more rich um, when you find out what the Holy Spirit's doing in other people's lives. And when you're mm -hmm. sharing that fellowship, it's like an Acts church model. And you can just see, oh my gosh, three other people sitting here were in the same scripture I was this week. Mm -hmm. And you start to see how the Holy Spirit is working in your, fellow, your group's life where you are fellowshipping to just even give it more color. So it's, mm -hmm. a, it's dynamic. It's, it's yeah. been a great thing. And as you're describing that, um, two things you've said uh, you can talk a little bit about is life. Okay, what does that mean? What does that look like? You're getting life. And then secondly is that, and you shared this about uh, home church, um, it's not just a intellectual mechanical process. You actually see God at work uh, doing mm -hmm. supernatural things and acting on your behalf as well as we, you know, as we pray for each other. So... You know, what, how would you to under, help us understand the a concept of life? And then uh, the second thing is, how have you experienced God fulfilling, in reality, uh, things for you? Okay. I guess life, uh, uh, to tell a story, I was talking to an individual one time about who's going through some trial, and uh, they were in the Word. And I was like, well, are you living an abundant life? And by the way, every time I get into teacher mode, it usually comes back at me again in the mirror. God saying, "By the way, mm -hmm. remember what you just said that yeah, applies to yeah, you." Yeah, hey, how about you? Right. Yeah, how about you? Yeah. So and that I happens all the time. Yeah. So I remember. Yep. Just, are you living the abundant life? And of course, you know, this person was getting ready to go through a divorce or whatever, and it's like, of course not. I said, you know, all I know is if you believe the word, John ten ten says, "I came so that you would have life and live it abundantly." Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, uh, believing that word trusting the Lord with that word uh, and, and then you seeing it applied daily through abiding. I guess what I'm trying to say there is there's to your point, there's head knowledge and there's heart knowledge. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that person uh, was basically very knowledgeable about the word of God and knows what it said was not mm -hmm. receiving it and understanding and processing it in his heart so that he understood the, the actual life that it brings. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. There are just words on the paper unless the Holy Spirit's a part of it. And so that's uh, that's kind of a, dis a distinction between head knowledge of just reading the word and the rhema, the, whole, the heart knowledge of right. processing mm -hmm. and bringing it inside. Yeah, and as Kathy and I have uh, discussed, uh, that's a, a, a key element of understanding. Are you uh, abiding in the relationship? Because if you are, you're going to experience that life um, and if you're not, you've drifted back to the intellect. You've drifted back to uh, mm -hmm. trying to get something. Um, and so, uh, and even when, you know, we, we uh, Kathy and I, uh, again, just a couple of days ago, talked about cross-referencing, mm -hmm. uh, which you can talk a little yeah. bit about as yeah. well, um, that uh, you're going to get cross-referenced to verses. And see, sometimes you'll be cross-referenced, read the chapter, and say, eh, there's nothing there. Um, it's interesting but it's not hitting my heart. It's not life to me. And see, God says, just skip it because yes, it's logos, but it's not rhema. Mm -hmm. uh, so let life be it. And, uh, and I know you've experienced that uh, as you, you said you do, do a, you, you phrased it. I love how you phrased it. 
uh, I dive in. Uh, I'm doing mm -hmm. a deep dive. I'm going in underwater uh, with this. Um, when you're cross-referencing or you're doing word study, you're processing further, how do you determine whether, oh, this isn't really what God has for me, or yep, there it is, there's life. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess I could, best way to explain it is the Ezekiel 34 exercise we do as a part of their writing retreats. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was sitting at a restaurant the other day with a guy, he's talking about his walk with his wife, and I was talking to him about their writing retreats, and, and I just pulled up Ezekiel 34, and about, I said, just, this is, these are the I will verses. And they're basically mm -hmm. the promises of God to say, I will do this, yeah. I will do this, yeah. I will do this. And every time I read that verse, I end up at a different place. And that's kind of the, the trick about that little feature of the abiding retreat is, I will do this cross-reference to this verse, cross-reference mm -hmm. to this verse. And of course, you're going to read three or four verses that are cross-referenced, and you're like, whoa, this one applies to something I'm going through right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's when it starts to become Rhema, to your point about it. Yeah. It's a logo that says you read it, and you, and you tra trace through it with the cross-referencing. And you'd just be amazed at how the Bible's so tied together, right. Old and New Testament, right. and uh, and how you are a part of the story. That's what's right. so amazing. Yeah. And so you'll get through the right. cross-reference exercise, and you'll be like, "This thing applied to me today, and mm -hmm. tomorrow I could do that cross-reference, and it I would end up somewhere different, and it wouldn't wouldn't right. be the same story that God's trying to tell me." Why? Why is that? I think it's just because, well, as we're living daily with God, there's a, just a different message that yeah. has to be. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and it's, even it's just that, that, yeah, I was going to say, even just, you know, realizing that it's the Holy Spirit's job to lead us, you know, and, and we can, you know, just responding to where he's leading. We share a story when we teach um, the Abide Retreat about um, when we were in London just a few years ago with some sweet friends of ours. And we had gone to the, actually, we're in England. We had gone to the Roman baths. And we were on the outside of this, you know, these plexiglass with all this, you know, you were looking down over them, absolutely beautiful to see and had all this information. Um, and we were enthralled by reading the history behind it and everything about it. And the tour guide looks over at us totally befuddled. And he's like, you know, you can go in, right? <laughs> and we were spending all this time reading about it. Yeah. Right around the corner was a doorway where we could go step down into it and experience it firsthand. Yeah. And that to me is so much, that is logos versus rhema sometimes, you know, we, we are invited to then step into the picture, but it's the Holy spirit that leads us there. Yeah. And Kathy, you'll love this. Um, we did, uh, Kathy and I shared, we both did, uh, treats this last weekend. Uh, this happened. This is the first time it's ever happened to me. Uh, so we do this Ezekiel <laughs> exercise, 34, uh, 11 through 30. Uh, and we give everybody the instruction, you know, read, uh, read the I wills from uh, Ezekiel 34, 11 through 30. Well, one couple, this never has happened before, wrote down one to 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and one to 10 in that chapter is God really... Uh, uh, chastising, challenging, saying you you leaders have tried to control things, and mm -hmm. a series of verses of of uh, I have I have things to challenge you with, and I'm not happy right. with I'm not happy with you. A lot of reprimand in there. A lot of reprimand. <laughs> well, okay, so they write down, uh, which they I didn't know because they, they didn't know till they came back, but they wrote down one to ten. Mm -hmm. So they go start. They don't even look at eleven through thirty. They're looking at <laughs> verses one to ten. Uh, and when she said that, she said, "Yeah, I was I was led to verse uh, four, um, and here's what here's what happened to me immediately. It's like, 
wait a second. Um, <laughs> that's not, that wasn't the assignment. And, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, <laughs> I, I did it anyway. Right. I did it anyway. Actually, that's where I wanted them to be. Mm. Um, and they started reading and they said, you know, I got, I got chastised by this. Um, and here's what it means. And then I got led to this verse and this verse and, and the message that God gave them was, uh, you're, you're trying to control everything too tightly. Mm. And I'm asking you if you want to walk to freedom and are you willing to Mm. follow me? And that's where they got led is, yeah, you're, you're holding on too tight but I'll lead you to freedom and here's where I want you to go. And they understood mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I was just overwhelmed by it. Like, <laughs> God, how, how did, Holy Spirit, how do you do that? Yeah. How, do, how do you able to do that uh, with the couple? And they literally, I just got an email this morning, interesting from the, right. from the husband, because uh, he wanted some more information that I gave him. And he says, uh, I just wanted you to know that, uh, our marriage that has been in trouble and even headed for separation mm-hmm. in a few short days has been completely restored. And we are now uh, walking with uh, the abiding and starting to go live in unity. Mm. Uh, and it all started with them being in the wrong place. <laughs> how, cool, <laughs> how cool is that? Uh, so uh, oh, that's Tad, awesome. and as you look at that life, uh, you also made a statement that it, tra- it translates into thing changing, God doing things um, in your life. Uh, uh, so describe that a little bit, so that uh, we don't we don't try to portray that abiding is just a process. And yes, you get some life out of it, and isn't that nice? Um, it actually influences, and you get to see God get at work. How does how does yeah. that work? So I'll give you the. The halo effect, which is always what's on my mind today, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a great example of an application of how things are different. We're going through an IRS audit right now, and it's how's that going? Yeah. Well, joy. <laughs> well, that's the punchline. Yeah. The punchline is it's going great. Yeah. Okay. Now, who believes that? You're not going to believe that. Right. But I've got I've been through this before, probably eight years ago, and it's we have businesses and actual multiple businesses both times, and it's very complicated, uh, both the personal and the business side. And uh, I'm telling you, I have peace. And even mm-hmm. I, we at home church the other week, I said to Rich, I said, I can't believe this. I, I'm kind of scoffing at the world. I mean, you know, First Timothy, there's a verse that says, you know, don't be involved with the civil matters of the world. Right. Uh, a good soldier pays attention to what his role mm. is in the army. And right. it's the army of the kingdom of God. Don't get entangled we, in civilian Don't get entangled in civilian Oh, affairs. that's good. Yeah. And so... Uh, these worldly things like the IRS audit is like, okay, whatever, let's just get through this. And uh, so after I said that at home church a week ago, the next day, the level of intensity of the audit got, went up like 5X. Okay. Yeah, just more, 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 more. <laughs> I, I went through like a big deep breathing exercise because it was like, and then I just remembered, <laughs> okay, just another adventure, you know, as we talk about trials in life and adventure. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I said this to Monica in the last day or two, I says, no matter how much is going on right now with our son, having issues, uh, challenges, and uh, our business and the adventure and the oil industry. It's like, yeah. I have never been at peace more in mm. my life. Mm. And so, and I, I actually, love that. Yeah, it's the truth. Yeah. It's, uh, just go through an IRS audit and ask me how you feel about <laughs> it. And if you can say that through something like that, you're just like, well, mm-hmm. this 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 world is, you know, we put too much importance on what's going on in the flesh and the matters of the mm-hmm. world. 
and the kingdom of God where we can walk daily with the Father. Uh, Amongst the world where he's placed us uh, is a place of peace and just get back in the kingdom through abiding. And you're just going to see your life your life and your perspective improve. I mean, I could go on, but what the, the other verse I've been in is uh, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, mm-hmm. joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I'm just like, God, this one right here. I still don't have this one. <laughs> My kids will tell you. <laughs> patience, whatever. I want to know, what am I not doing that's not helping me realize that? And it's going deeper in understanding what the fruits of the Spirit are. And mm-hmm. this is walk in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Then... You will not have to worry about these, uh, you know, the less of the flesh. Right. And it's like, but just focusing on those. I, I want those, Father. I want those. And if I'm not realizing them, what am I not doing? And what do I need to do to get those? And so it's, uh, you feel like you're just scratching the surface. And when you look backwards, you mm-hmm. like you've gone a long way. But when you look forward, you're like, there's so much more Seth. to be discovered. Right. Yeah, and even as you're describing, like, the IRS audit, um, you say you have peace about that. It goes back to your statement of what Christ said, he's come to give me life and give it to me super abundantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. as you look at that, uh, you're in the middle of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's something you know about that, uh, where it's going to go. Um, and you know, what, what's your perspective on it? And then I can, I can help with my perspective on it. And in other words, why are you at peace? Now you're in the middle of it and you don't yet know. All, all that's really fully going to happen with it. Well, okay, so uh, you know, all things work for good for those uh, called, you know, called according to God's purpose. And and so, uh, as I look at it, I'm like, God, what's going on here? And I can tell mm-hmm. you that it's going to simplify our life. It's forcing me to unwind a particular entity, okay, and uh, clean up the accounting methods and procedures and processes and documenting invoices. So it's a lot of work trying to find invoices right now. Um, because it's been a chaotic time, but it's basically, and this is what will bless Monica, is she knows that I created a lot of chaos. And Rich, you know I created a lot of chaos in the last 10 years for the business. And so I was like, this is going to be a great thing. Our life is going to be simpler. We're simplifying, mm-hmm. like I said, the entities and our procedures on accounting. And, and it's like, well, thank you, God. Like, hello? I just said thank you for an audit. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. But, but uh, that's that's life. And yeah. It is abundant life. And if I hadn't had it, I, who knows if I'd have ever gotten around to cleaning it up. And so this is actually a blessing. You know, Monica wants to know that things are in order and something would happen to me. And so this has been a blessing for yeah. her and for me. Mm-hmm. So as as uh, if you understood what he said about that is um, there's a promise that I'm going to give it to you live and give it to you abundantly. Um, yeah, this thing happened. Uh, well, Father, what do you have to say about that? He, and he actually said to Tad as he was abiding that, uh, well, I'm using this to have you look at a variety of things in your life to simplify them and clarify them. Uh, and the outcome, uh, which could even be, uh, yeah, you owe some money. Uh, that really doesn't matter is I'm gonna bless you. And even if you owe some money, I'll restore that in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. have a fundamental um, strength about that. And you know, I can see the good of this already, and I know that the outcome yeah, is going to get resolved. Yeah. It'll get resolved, right. and it'll be off my plate, and I don't need to fret about it. I just need to uh, let him do his work. That's a great distinction because it comes down to money. Yeah. When you're in the worldly <laughs> mm-hmm. sense and you're operating in the flesh, uh, we may, as things look, we may end up writing a check for some accounting errors on our side 
that it would be bigger than what I had to pay for in the auto eight years ago. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It, was, it, it fixed the problem. Right, right. And right. so I may right. have operated out of fear in the past. It's like a oh, fear of, oh, I did something wrong. It's like I never intended to do anything wrong, but maybe we, we did something wrong. This round, maybe there may be more changes and adjustments as a result of this audit. That, and it may be a bigger check at the end of the day that we have to write, but it's like, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, the benefits in the plan that God had for, for do, uh, taking me through that are, right. ben, are more. Yeah. Right. And, then, and that's what you're describing there too, I think is so beautiful because you're you're giving us you know, two examples eight years ago or whatever, when yeah. you had gone through something like this, you may have responded differently. Right. But in those eight years of learning and walking with God, he has gently refined you and refined your heart. He has shown you his character. And so now at this point in this test of faith, you're actually able to stand saying, okay, well, I know because I've walked with him all this time and I've seen how he works. I know his character. I know what he's doing is truly for my good. This isn't just a logos word that somebody sticks on a wall and you read it in a bathroom, everything works together for good. You've lived it and you've experienced it and you know him by experience. Therefore you can stand firm on it right now, which is a beautiful picture of the growth. Thank you. Thanks. That's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing I wanted to say uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up soon is uh, uh, if you have questions, uh, maybe even a question for Tad or something he said that you'd like uh, more clarification because we can we can get him back and or have him help respond to this. But uh, you can you can put a question on the uh, YouTube comment section or you can email us at questions at afjministry.com questions at afjministry.com. Uh, make it as specific as you need to. Uh, we'll deal with them and uh, get back to you. So you're uh, continue to do that. Uh, and Ted, one more thing as we get ready to, to close our time together. Uh, Kathy and I have been discussing over the last couple of days uh, this aspect of journaling. Uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned journaling. Um, how important has that become to you? And how do you how do you view that uh, in terms of of the necessity and the joy of of journaling. Yeah, it's a record, and uh, you're having a de- you're having a tough time. For example, go back and read your journal. You're going to mm-hmm. be amazed. It's, oh, look at what God did here. Look at what God said here. And if you're not journaling and creating a record, uh, yeah, the world's going to distract you, and you're not going to remember all these great things God did in your life. So, uh, journaling is is a documentation and a, a history because our minds are going to forget things. And right. so, mm-hmm. and it's, a, it also is the theme and the pattern. Like I said, if I don't know where to open the Bible to, I'll just go back and read my journal. You know, say, remember this, let's go work on this again. Mm-hmm. And let's pick this verse up and dive into it again. So it's a, it's a key part of the process of abiding. Yeah. And as you're, as you're journaling, are you, are you doing that daily? Uh, how are you processing that? Yeah. Typically in the morning, We'll just uh, pick it up and we'll sit, sit at a place, try to stay away from the desk <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, open the Bible and the journal <laughs> and, uh, and just usually, you know, start with where I left off yesterday and write write the verse that I'm going to focus on. And then mm-hmm. just like I said, draw, you know, di- draw out the dialogue, what I've said to God and what God said to me. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. Uh, well, as you, um, uh, you know, as we end this, uh, Tad, you have, uh, any other thing you'd like to share or to encourage uh, our audience with? Or? I just would encourage people to engage and always fight the religious spirit that can be around ah. this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Always oh, just, that's good. Yeah, just remember, it's not a burden. It's a blessing mm-hmm. to be able to walk with the Father. I mean, the verse in the Bible says how the Father walked with Adam and even the cool of the day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's like the walks that I go on with my wife at the end of the day. It's like 
the Father wants to walk with you yes. and your spouse in the cool of the day. There's something mm -hmm. about the term that's just beautiful. And so just remember, he wants to be a part of that conversation. Yeah. I would uh, echo that. Of uh, And really what you just said is critical as we look at this is your walk with God, your abiding with God, your experience with God is to be a joy. Mm -hmm. uh, and he loves being with us. Right. So that, and I love what you just said about the religious spirit. That there's a tendency, I think in everybody, to drift into a system or uh, it's got to be done this way. Or like you said, I got to do my devotion today. And if I mm -hmm. don't do it, you know, I'm feeling uh, lost. Uh, or formulas. We always formula. seek formulas. Yeah. Right. And the Holy Spirit doesn't have a formula. He wants right. relationship. He wants to talk yeah. to you. Uh, and maybe uh, just briefly, because uh, you're an engineer, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> how have you fought that? Because you're, you're bent that way. Yeah. Uh, right. Is I look for, you look for system all yeah. the time. How, mm -hmm. how did you overcome that when you when you got uh, with your walk with God? That's a great question. Yeah, that's why I have to get away from the desk when I you know, have to do my quiet time because uh, uh, it is a habit. And just down to simple things like uh, giving generously and all the things that you do that the, you know the Bible instructs us to do. Uh, don't be want to be formulaic. Um, you, mm -hmm. you, you know, ten percent tithing in the Old Testament is a is a guideline. It's like, well, God's made me say twenty. God may say, you know what, you're good today. <laughs> um, so it's just uh, it's a it's kind of an ongoing process of of not getting caught up in the form and trying to have a formula. Right. In the business mm -hmm. side, you're driven by efficiency and you know and uh, just always trying to tighten the story up and uh, and let, as we know, the world is not efficient. No. The world is throwing <laughs> mm -hmm. chaos at us at all times. So uh, we just have to be. You're in the world. You're not of it. Right. So uh, not of it means I I don't have a formula. Right. Means I, I, I got to just process what the Holy Spirit leads me. Yeah. I love Rich, what you always say. It's like, well, what's the Father have to say about this? Right. The ball comes at you. It's like, take a deep breath and say, don't take the burden on yourself. Bring the Father into it immediately and just say, what do you have to say about mm -hmm. this? And so that's the opportunity to not go to your engineering formula book or your accounting, <laughs> your accounting process <laughs> right. and just say, Father, what do you have to say about this? Yeah. So it's, it, that's, a, that's a humility exercise too, by the way, to mm -hmm. not try to solve it on your own, in your own might. To say, Father, what do you have to say about it? And that just kind of diffuses the formulaic yeah. response that we always get when, okay, there's a problem. Here's what we need to do yeah. to solve it. And we described, we actually had a question come up at our last retreat about that. And um, the analogy that I used is that, and this was from a woman, I said, well, do you relate with your husband by formula? Mm -hmm. In other words, do you do it the same all the time? Right, uh, and the answer was, well, no. Well, because why? Well, you're in that'd be so boring. You're, you're in relationship, <laughs> uh, so that uh, as you've described it to us, uh, this is relationship mm -hmm. uh, with God, and He's going to surprise surprise you. And every day is going to be fresh, going to be new, going to be well. Let me let me deal with you this way today, and and uh, let's let's enjoy this way today. And mm -hmm. and I I really would uh, I take this even personally too. Is your challenge to everybody, Tad? Is <laughs> Don't drift into formula. Yeah. Right. Uh, enjoy the walk uh, and the freshness of that relationship. So, uh, you know, we've loved uh, having you. Great. Uh, we'd love to have you back. I'd love to have Monica back. Oh, uh, she'd love to come. Uh, and she's... Uh, I know You'll she's, hear the other side. Who knows? She's a joy. <laughs> you guys will love Monica. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's beautiful. And, uh, but uh, she's still a husker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right.
Uh, and Kathy, do you have any other uh, comments or thoughts as we close up here today? Uh, no, it's been great hearing your story, Ted. And I think, you know, as, as you're talking, even at the end of this, I just think the beauty in what you're talking about in intentional surrender, but not formula. Yeah. You know, it's, it's coming before the father and saying, I want to know more than anything, what you, what you have for me, but I'm willing to take this. However you want to lead it. This is, this still adventure. And, and like I said, as an engineer, um, the, the, you're probably your go-to is definitely, you know, to do it very methodically yet. I love the surrender, the intentional surrender. I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to live life on adventure because that's where the joy is and just walking with him in faith in that. That's a beautiful picture. Yeah, and the, uh, the beauty of abiding, and I can, I can testify and verify that uh, we get to see, I've seen you grow, and, uh, mm -hmm. and your reaction to even you know, what's going on with the audit and the business, and it's, you really are living in peace. Mm -hmm. And then you, you got, you know, it's gonna be a challenge in growing, but you understand that, well, um, God's gonna, gonna bring, uh, resolution to the and uh, he'll guide you and I got to see that and I can testify that uh, the transformation and the growth which I affirm in you and in Monica uh, is a thrill it's a mm -hmm. thrill to see and to hear you testify today is is a great thrill so Tad we're, right. just, uh, we're just so thankful love you guys <laughs> so everybody we'll look forward to uh, tomorrow uh, Kathy and I'll be back and we'll continue in the some of the uh, tools of abiding and we're just so thankful that you're here with us. So we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Kathy, I will see you tomorrow. All right. Sounds great. Okay. Have a great afternoon, guys. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.